This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Oh, God. And welcome in to this week's very fun, very special edition of Five on Three WFUV Sports NHL podcast. I am Samantha Bohr, joined by the lovely, the vivacious, the ever so cool Nick Palmer and James Burley, my besties, my Five on Three co host extraordinaires. And, you know, we have a lot to talk about. But first of all, fellas, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, uh, ready for a nice weekend. Hopefully it'll be uh, lit, also crazy, also movie. Also movie, also film um, even. Perhaps. Film session. Perhaps. perhaps. Perhaps a piece of cinema that might go to the Sundance Film Festival. Mm. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. Obviously we're getting a little close to Easter, which means the uh, end of the NHL season, which makes me happy. James, how are you doing? Well, I'm spectacular, not because the NHL season's ending, but because True. it's really heating up, right? You know, we got seven That's games I mean. left in the regular season or whatnot. That's crazy. It is crazy to just say, like, I remember when this was the off season. you know? Mm-hmm. It's funny how time flies, but that's why we're here, and that's why we, we talk about these things, because we love it, and, you know, we got so much to get into. We gotta, we're going to make it a snappy episode, like we said. We're going to be in and out quick for you guys listening, so... I just want to say, very happy to be here on this 5-on-3 Friday with my two good friends, my excellent co-hosts, and yeah, just really excited to get into this. Sam, Nick, Ralph, this is going to be fantastic. Yes, yeah, so we've got our lovely producer extraordinary, Mr. Ralph Barbieri, behind the boards there, as Can we do most weeks. Can you set up the ba 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 Ralph, like real yeah, quick? Yeah, maybe we should, we should find probably that air horn. No, but we'll, we'll work on, on it for PC. the future, and then we'll just, we'll just, keep it on AV2, and yeah. then just keep blasting. We'll blast it at the proper time, Um, which, that was happening at a Fordham game a while ago, but that's that's neither here nor there. But anyways, we're going to make this a snippy, snoopy, snappalicious episode, uh, as we have said prior. And you know what? Like you said, time flies when you're having fun, as it did this NHL season. It's crazy thinking back to last season. You know, I only covered the second half of the Devils um, going starting in January, and that felt like the longest season ever. And now here we are, and it's seven games left in the regular season, and we're looking at an exciting little playoff race here. But before we get into our NHL discussions, I want to talk about some women's hockey for a second, as it is the last day of Women's History Month. And also, we just had a very miraculous event happen in the PHF, which is the uh, Women's Professional Hockey League. And it was the Isabel Cup, which is essentially their equivalent of the Stanley Cup. And it was won by the Toronto Six. They are the first Canadian team to win the cup in the history of the PHF. And the Toronto Six is a very special organization because not only do they have an incredibly diverse um, set of athletes on their roster, but also in their leadership and in their um, ownership, which is really exciting. They have um, Soroya Tinker, who is the founder of the Black Girl Hockey Club of Canada, as a player. And this was the first time for the Toronto Six winning uh, this cup in the history of their club as well. So huge game for them, huge night for them. Um, men? Any any thoughts on this game? I know James, you were you were very excited about the six taking this one. Well, personally, it just feels great to see Toronto win a hockey game, right? Because <laughs> to to see some Toronto success in the playoffs, that's actually good for the city. I, I hope I, I genuinely hope that the city is embracing the Toronto Six right now because not not just as a joke of of the Toronto Maple Leafs since the sixties, whatever. 
I'm 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 genuinely serious. Women's hockey is legit, and mm-hmm. I and it doesn't get the time of day, and that that makes me upset. And I know New Jersey has a team, and I should probably personally do better to get to more games of the Metropolitan Riveters. I've only ever seen two or three, and they're a lot of fun, and they play some ridiculously good hockey. And the Toronto Six taking headlines in Canada by being the first Canadian team to win the PHF to do it from Toronto is. A big deal when you you know what the Maple Leafs playoff records are like. So I I'm actually very excited. I think this is going to be a turning point for the women's game. And I want to one more thing I want to highlight. This is a very Ontario heavy roster. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of local players. That's that that means everything to me. You know, I always I always appreciate when teams look around in their area and find talent. And it just makes winning for your own city that much more special. So congrats to the Toronto Six. Um, and I and yeah I. I hope the Metropolitan Riveters get back into it and uh, steal the Isabel Cup like they did in 2019-20. So we'll see going forward, but this is a terrific win for the country of Canada because they don't win anything in hockey, unfortunately, and and for the city of Toronto. Uh, very, very good. And uh, I also want to say, like, the game was played at Mullet Arena. That's an NHL arena. Yeah. Um, strange to me that they would go for a neutral location for the finals because I don't think they used to do that. Okay. Because I know... Th- I know the Riveters won the Isabel Cup at the Barnabas Hockey House, which is attached to the Prudential Center. They play at the American Dream Mall now in Rutherford, but I think that's interesting too. I think that, like would you would you a a neutral location final for the Stanley Cup? Mm. It seems strange, but also seven game series, so this and right. that it's different. But this is a standing. This for me is a launching off point for women's hockey. 4-3 win for the uh, Toronto Six in OT over the uh, Minnesota Whitecaps. So I think it's a I think it's a very, very good thing for Canada, Toronto, and women's hockey. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, Teresa Vanishova uh, scored that game-winning goal in overtime uh, at 423. Uh, congrats to her. That's her third straight Isabel Cup, wow. which That's is crazy. very impressive. Uh, only one other... Player, which is the Boston Pride captain Jillian Dempsey, has three PHF titles, so they are the only two now in history. So some elite company there, and uh, congrats to Toronto because that's going to be the only thing they're winning all year. Dang, I'm beating a dead horse, but yeah, yeah, so true. Well, congratulations again to the Toronto Six. Like we said, a very thrilling overtime win there, and that video of that goal is so exciting. Watch the yeah. Leafs go in the cup. I'm going to dismember <laughs> that horse, James. That's, there will be nothing left of that horse when I'm done beating when it. When it's done, done getting eliminated. Good Lord, rein it in, fellas. John Tavares is on that horse. That is oh, true. Yeah. He is on that horse. Wow. Anywho. Th- that horse gave you Pierre Engvall, though. That horse made a big mistake and gave us <laughs> Pierre Engvall. And you now know, that horse will die. Well, quit horsing around. I don't know. Hey. Hey is for horses. All right. That, that's enough. Around. Yay or nay. Hey or nay. Nay. Okay. Anyways, now that everyone on <laughs> that was really good. good. Thank you. Okay, we're getting a little off track here on five on three, but that's just how much fun we have here. Let's rein it in a bit as we now move over to the NHL. Wow, rain. <laughs> that was another one. Like like rains for yeah, horses. Oh. oh. Okay. Anyways, um, let us begin by talking about two teams at once here in this metropolitan New York area. A very exciting game last night as attended by the one and only James Burley was Rangers Devils in New Jersey at the Prudential Center where the New Jersey Devils took it 
two to one. Therefore, completing their sweep of the New York Rangers in their season series against them this year for the first time in decades, I believe. And that is something special, especially as we look towards what could be this first round matchup. You know, when we talked to Emily Kaplan for the all women's uh, one on one or the mostly women's one on one last weekend. She said this was the matchup she was most looking forward to as a potential option in the postseason. And while the Devils are making some climbs and may not end up being second overall and therefore facing the Rangers, or second in the Metro, sorry, and therefore facing the Rangers, there's still lots of time. We don't know what's going to happen. But James, give us your immediate thoughts on this game. I know you said it was electric there last night. Yeah, I think my, my immediate thoughts are that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that game was very emotional for me personally. It was the first time I got to cover uh, the Devils and Arrival. And watching Devils-Rangers games growing up was what got me to fall in love with the sport of hockey. You know, So I, I sat down in the chair. I was racing in from the Bronx through Manhattan. And I sat down in the chair finally and I took it in for a second. And it meant everything to me. So first of all, I want to thank WFEV Sports for these opportunities because I have no idea what I'd be doing without them. This is like the greatest, greatest experiences of my life. And I am so grateful for that. So that's, that was my first reaction. My second reaction was, wow, the devils have a 30 goal, a 30 win goaltender, not named Marty Brodeur for the first time in their history, which is crazy. Put some respect on 14, 14, 30 win seasons for Marty Brodeur. And Vitek Vanacek is the 15th 30 win season for a goaltender in NJ devils history. To be a goaltender not named Marty Brodeur to hold a goaltending record in New Jersey is a ridiculous thing. And Vitek Vanacek has more than earned it. Um, mm-hmm. There are still some doubts on whether or not he can be the playoff goaltender that the Devils will need. And those doubts are rightfully placed because he's only ever become a starter just this season. But he's proving everybody wrong as it goes on. And the Devils are, 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 are truthfully legit. And the Rangers are legit too. So to have a win like that last night, in your back pocket, going into the playoffs against your biggest rival, against the team you're probably going to play, is everything. And I just want to highlight another thing. If we're talking goaltending, Igor Shesterkin was ridiculous last night as well. If not for him, I think it's arguably 3 4 nothing at the end of the first period. And Igor kept them in that game. And that game went all the way down to the final seconds, down to the wire. Great spell of hockey. Playoff atmosphere. Um... The big guns going at it toe-to-toe. You got goals from Kreider and Meyer, you know, guys you expect to get goals from. And then Eric Halla pitches in on the, on the, on the power on, – no, sorry, on a, on a face-off play. So just, just loved seeing some diversity in the goal scoring and in the style. But overall, just a terrific experience for me personally. And, yeah, I know I didn't, get, didn't really dive into the nitty-gritty of the hockey there because okay. it, it meant so much to me personally. But, yeah, that was – Truly one of the greatest moments of my life, and, I, uh, and I'm just very grateful to have had that experience, and so, so, so happy that the Devils won, because I was smiling the entire night on the way back. James, that is, so that is so cute. It's so cute. I want to give um, you a little hug. Yeah, I, just talking broadly about the game, I, I wouldn't even be ready to say that the Devils and Rangers are probably going to play each other. The Devils are one point behind the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes have a game in hand. But they've lost their last three games. So yeah, Carolina's going crazy. on a slide at the wrong time. The Rangers could even somehow, if they win the rest of their games, end up in that first spot. So it's it's very, very tight. Um, that game was playing for, I believe the Rangers were two down on the Devils 
going into that game with the exact same amount of games played. So obviously that game was very close. I thought Vanacek was excellent. I think if the Rangers had come out ready to play, it seemed like they were pretty darn slow in that first period. Uh, they would have had a better chance. It seems like they woke up in the second and third. Uh, but yeah, I, I think both are incredibly complete teams. And the Metro's looking like maybe the most competitive division coming down the stretch, yeah. which, I mean, a couple months ago, you would have said no way. Uh, it's up there with the Atlantic in terms of, you know, you have some really great teams. So, you know what? All three, um, Devils, Rangers, and, well, I would say Hurricanes, but they're not playing well. And the Islanders are, are doing very well, and all three are looking like playoff teams. That they are. All three are really looking like playoff teams right now. You know, Islanders currently seated in the uh, wild card one spot with 87 points. Pittsburgh right behind them at 84 um, and Pittsburgh has a game in hand against the Islanders. But, you know, I'm thinking we're going to see the Islanders in that uh, wild card one spot come the end of the season. I think that what's so fascinating is when you look at the Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference, you already have five teams in the East who have clinched, and then you have one in the West, and that one is the Vegas Golden Knights. We saw at least three teams in the East clinch before anyone in the West did, which I think is really, really interesting, just thinking about how competitive this Eastern Division has been, this Eastern Conference, sorry, has been this year. And the Western Conference, you know, when I was growing up, it was like the Central Division was the division to beat. You know, it was the Avs, the Wild, the Stars, like that was... Blackhawks. Blackhawks, like that was that division to beat always was like the toughest one. It was always referred to it. And now it is they not. Suck. Yeah. Now it's shifting and it's becoming this Eastern Conference. It's becoming very quickly the Metropolitan Conference. Like you said, there are so many teams in this singular conference who are just so good at uh, what they do. So I think that'll be a really, really interesting playoff series. I am so fascinated not seeing an X next to Tampa Bay's name when you look here. You know, I feel like it's one of the first times I can remember in recent history, at least, that we haven't seen Tampa Bay um, clinch a playoff spot this close to the end, which, you know, it's like, is this perhaps the year the dynasty falls? I don't know. We've got some really tough competitors over here in the East, so we will have to find out. But let us let us discuss in whole, I suppose, the playoff picture and bring in the Islanders more into this conversation and not only the uh, Rangers and Devils as we just were, although that game was very, very exciting. And, you know, I think the Rangers, tough loss for them in that game because, of course, you always want to win the uh, crosstown showdown and the rivalry but sometimes it doesn't go your way but the rangers got to really pick it up they're going to get outskated they're going to get um outsped i don't even know the word they're going to like it's going to outspeeded outspeeded outskated outspeeded the devils are so fast they are so fast and the rangers are just kind of a larger clunkier more physically aggressive team whereas i would say the devils are kind of that you know, speedier, sneakier, more technical team in that way. So it's really a matchup of two different styles of play when you look at these two coaches especially. And, you know, tough law for the Rangers, but they're going to have to pick it up a little bit if they want to do well in what could be that first round. But the Islanders most recently won 2-1 to one versus Washington. Very, very exciting win for them there. They are now fourth in the Metropolitan Division, which I think this is so fun. You know, this is the first time that we're seeing all three teams so close together in this division in recent history and in recent memory, for me at least. So, I mean, Nick, what are your immediate thoughts as our resident Islanders beat reporter and uh, what you're seeing on this team? Yeah, t touching on what 
you said about the Rangers being bigger, more physical, clunkier, that that can work against a speedy team like the Devils, but what counts is keeping them to the outside and not making mistakes, which I think the Rangers made some mistakes in the first period, and that's why the Devils ended up scoring there. But the Islanders play very similarly to the Rangers in that sense, Um, and I think their game against the Devils, they were a little crisper defensively, which... You know, not not the gene editing machine like they were more crisp, um, you know, uh, plugging passing lanes and being physical in the corners. Um, and that's exactly what we've seen the last couple games from these guys. I do want to note that win against the Capitals in the shootout was their first shootout win of the year. Prior mm. to that, they were 0-5 with only one goal in the shootout. Wow. 0-5 with one goal. That's wow. That's absolutely Do you know who that one goal was? I believe it was against? Brock Nelson. Mm. Oh, but I, I, don't don't, I don't remember that's who fair, was That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but three guys put the puck in the net. Uh, it was Nelson, Horvat, and Palmieri with the winner. I, I think they played remarkably well. Uh, it's always nice burying the Capitals uh, as, as they're headed into a playoff picture. Ovech, Ovechkin. I'm sure you've seen the picture all over. Late a huge hit on Adam Pellick. Uh Pellick's okay though. Uh yeah, it was it was uh a demolishing hit, perhaps a life changing one, uh, for Adam Pellick. But regardless, they come up with the two points. Money Puck has them at about an eighty nine percent chance of making the playoffs now, so that's looking good. They're beating the teams that not even they're beating the teams they should lose to which is huge for the Islanders, but the, the the issue this year has always been playing down to the teams that are worse than you, which which has been happening. So as long as they keep doing this, hopefully Matt Barzell's back by playoff game number one. If that's the case, I mean, you, you got to look out for these guys. They are, they are definitely the wild card team you do not want to face because they can make life really difficult for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we saw that in the, specifically the Devils game this week. I, in a seven-game series, I don't think the New York Islanders are going to out-hockey a team as good as the Devils. No. But what they can do is they can disrupt their rhythm, play really physical, play really gritty, and almost match them for speed. They're not going to have the same speed, but they can make their life really difficult. And what a, what a lot of teams have that the Islanders also have, in addition to that one-two punch of their grit and physicality, is goaltending. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Sorokin has had very good success against teams like the Devils this year. He'll ruin your life. 100%. Yeah. But and and I and I and I use the Devils specifically because this week the Islanders really trounced the Devils and yeah. deservedly came away with a regulation 2-point win and the Devils went home with nothing, deservedly so, but it wasn't just because they got goalied. They were they were out islandered is what I'll say. They would out islandered. The, the expected Islanders per 60 was through the roof. And that's what, and that's what they're going to need moving forward into the playoffs, and they continue that into the game against Washington. And you say bury the Capitals, and I think that's correct. I think the Capitals now can safely say they won't be in the playoffs, and I don't know if they've mathematically been eliminated, but mentally they have been. Emotionally, mm-hmm. sure, they've checked out. Um, and that's, and that's actually, that's actually reflects something that this is a totally a changing of the guard in the Metropolitan Division. I think the the Hurricanes kind of initi- uh, were the initial, you know, indication of that couple seasons ago but the capitals falling out of the fold it's going to be the penguins next right and that's that's totally different can you imagine that not having ovechkin or crosby in the playoffs no that's 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 that times are changing in hockey you know and i think the islanders have kind of 
been the resistant piece saying we are not going to change. They still play an old school brand of hockey to the sense that where they, but they also integrate you know younger players into the team and they play with this little spice and flair that a lot of other teams can't just replicate. And for the Islanders to claw their way back into the playoffs after the year they had last year and the adversity they've gone through this year with many stretches where they looked honestly terrible. Yeah, it's very inspiring. And to go through the coaching change that they did as well, that people still haven't even bought into this team. And yeah. here they are. So I think that's incredibly inspiring. Not to mention Barzal coming back could be a disaster for every team that they're facing. I'd be really bullish about the Islanders doing well as a wild card. Obviously, they're going to have their work cut out for them, whether it's the Hurricanes or Bruins or potentially the Devils. I don't know if they win a seven-game series, but they really, really, really have a great chance to turn heads. And I don't think that this is going to be a one-off thing. I think they'll be back yeah. next year as well. So the Islanders are a team I'd be very, very excited to be a fan of and very, very excited if you're, if you're looking to see some underdogs. Even if you're a hockey fan, yeah, if you want to see good hockey, yeah. Seriously. And, and you're right. It, it is good hockey now. Um, you talk about the coaching change, which was so huge for this team yeah. because, you know, Barry Trotz, he did take them to the conference finals twice, right? Which is which is massive. But it was, you know, I, I, beaten to death is the Islanders play boring hockey. And yeah. that was true under Barry Trotz. I'm not even going to he deny that. He admits it. Yeah. Um, but I in the offseason. like that, though. You know, he's like, yeah, we were boring. He's like, but boring wins. And I'm yeah. like, so true, Barry, I guess. <laughs> but in, in the offseason when, it, you know, Barzell and uh, Trotz had a little bit of beef and it was up to Lou Lamorello, he says, okay, are we the franchise of Matt Barzell or are we the franchise of playing Trotz-style hockey? And he went with Barzell, said, mm-hmm. Trotz, get the hell out of here. And Lane Lambert has, has added that flair that mm-hmm. you're mentioning because that yeah. wasn't there before. It wasn't. There's that little tint of aggressiveness with Nelson now being allowed it's, to have free reign. It's like Paul an Mary. 80s Islanders feel to yes. yeah. almost, right? Like I don't want to say that. I mean, okay, that's, well, that's too much, I, but maybe it's too much. But I, 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 I feel that because, yeah. look, none of us were alive to have witnessed the great <laughs> Islanders of the 80s. No way. But, but I mean, Nick, you're you're getting up there in the years, right? You were on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like you're like something like that. I'm now 20 years old. I remember when the Toronto Maple Leafs won their last we Stanley, last Cup. Stanley oh, Cup. God, wow, <laughs> the dinosaurs were walking we on back, Earth. We went back to we went back. throw shade at the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, I right. I, I mean, it. I think this is going to be a really, really exciting playoff. Like everything for the East. I think the East is going to be, you know, the the conference to watch it's going to be the division to watch here the metropolitan especially especially Ashley as you watch these islanders no matter who they face i am hesitant to say they win a seven game series against someone like you know the bruins the canes something like that i don't know depending mathematically who they face up against they could as of now i'm hesitant to say they win all seven because they are such an inconsistent team but I think what they will do is they will tire out their opponent and they will take them to at least six or seven, taking them all the way to the end. And they're going to play such physical, aggressive hockey, that old school style of hockey where it's not about you know scoring seven goals a game, but it's about playing that great defense and getting in there with everything you have and playing that full 60 minutes you know, and really turning on the burners in the third. They're going to tire out their opponents where even if the Islanders don't make it to the second round, their opponents are going to be exhausted. And no matter who they play next, that is going to be hard. Which, for fans of other teams, you know, if it ends up being a second-round matchup between, you know, Canes, Bruins, whomever, and either the Rangers or the Devils or whatever that works out mathematically, then that's going to be great for other New York team 
New York team fans, I suppose. So I don't know. I think I'm very excited to see this happening. In my mind, there's no way the Islanders don't make the playoffs at this point, even though there's still an 89% chance or whatever. In my mind, they're making it unless they go on a slide the second half of the season or unless the uh, the Penguins suddenly rip into high gear and just take over and then so do the Panthers. They I don't won know. last night. Panthers they did won. win last night. Panthers are only behind by four points. Yeah. But, you know, they've played as many games as the Islanders have. So it's not sure. like, you know, Fi- they have finally much of- the games in hand have caught up. And the, the games Islanders in hand. are Thank still in, God. in the playoffs. And they're still in. Now, right? Yeah, we were talking about that this. That's a, such a burden. It's yeah. such like the a four burden. Four games in hand or yeah. whatever that was there before. And And while you would rather be the team that is up without the games in hand, because then it's totally in your destiny and you don't need to, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it definitely was a burden. And I, I think this is the last thing I'm going to say on this yeah. is what what makes the Islanders such a dangerous playoff team is the goaltending depth. Because yes. especially yep. in the playoffs, if a goalie has a bad game, it can carry into the next games of the series to the point where you need a good backup. Because, <laughs> I mean, we saw it. We saw it with Martin Jones and the San Jose Sharks. We saw it with. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury and Matt Murray. Matt Murray mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, where Fleury just could not find it, and Matt Murray put the team on his back and took them to the Stanley Cup so much so that they named a street in Pittsburgh after him, and then he turned to hot garbage the next year. And, and, <laughs> the, and the Penguins made that great decision to not leave Mark Andre Fleury protected in the expansion draft for the Vegas Golden Knights. Exactly. Yeah. And, then and what did Fleury do? What happened? And what did the trophy? As he deserves. I'm a big fan Flower of Mark Andre Fleury. Flower King, I love him. I'm yes. a big fan of Mark of uh yeah of Lil Flurry over there. You Mark see him when Flurry. he tried that bite. Really the wanted yes, to beat the he, crap out did of you hear Come the on, mic- let's go. No, did you hear the mic'd up? I he's just like so. Get my stuff. He's so sweet. He said, "I just want to get my stuff." And they're like, "No." He was like, "He's gone. He's gone. He's Let gone. me get my stuff." I was like, <laughs> "Oh, you're so cute." I love that they mic'd him up on that day. So so perfect. I mean, I don't like Jordan Bennington. Oh, I would have loved to have seen a fight between what a brat. Them. Blues fans. Blues fans like him, and I don't like him at all. For a number what, of reasons, because Winnington had one good one good playoff run. Yeah, yeah. that's literally if, it. If you like want, him. if you want good Mark Andre Fleury content, and this is for anybody who's listening, um, there is like a bunch of old like interviews that he used to do back in the day, like early days of the Penguins, like when he would do interviews in like French because he's from Quebec, mm-hmm. and he would answer the questions, and they were had. I think it was, I think it was Matt Cook, someone on the someone on the on the Penguins, not like. An incredibly good player or anything would translate the, <laughs> the answers to him and would lie, and then Fleury would be like, "That's not what I said at all." That's, <laughs> That's awesome. It, there's like a bunch of old Penguins videos like that where Mark Andre Fleury is just being a co- cool dude. Um, back when they were like in that in that great series that back back to back in 0809 with the Red Wings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was right around that era. There's a lot of great Fleury content out there on the internet, y'all. If you uh, if you need to uh, need to get some to entertain flower yourself. fixing. You know? So true. I think we all we all need some flower fixing eventually. Mm-hmm. I love Mark Andre Fleury, especially, you know, after he found out he was being traded on Twitter. I've had a soft spot in my oh, heart yeah, for him ever crazy. since that news broke and I have I felt so, so sad for him because, you know, he's a great and always will be. And with that, on that positive little note He's going to the playoffs. He's going to the playoffs. Yes he is. Yes he is. Is he gonna play? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. They but got maybe a great, they speaking of depth and goal, they have it too. So true. They have two options they could pick yeah. from. Gustafson and Flurry are both. I mean, but in the playoffs, I'm going Flurry. Oh, you have to go. Flurry. I would go Flurry. He has so much experience, and he's so 100%. he's he's so good. I you know I don't know. I think that when people doubt him, it makes me very sad. Sure, he might not have had another Vesna season in a row right after his actual Vesna season, but. 
it's the same thing we're seeing with Igor. You know, you can't expect him to be perfect all the time. He's not. He's also getting up there in age. Let him live. Let the man live and let him be happy and be a little flower as he is. And on that happy that so little gentle. note, I, I know it. because I love him. On that happy little note, we're going to wrap up this week's episode of five on Aww. three. Yeah. Now I'm feeling so joyful thinking about Marc-Andre Fleury and flowers. I love flowers. It's springtime. <laughs> it's springtime. Well, on that note, this has been another very, very exciting episode of five on three. I am Samantha Board. This was five on three with James Burley and Nick Palmer, WFUV sports podcast for all things NHL. Be sure to check us out every week on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music. Everyone, have fun, be safe, make good choices, or don't. I am not liable for you. There we go. Yep, that's going to become the signature. Have so much fun, everyone, and enjoy the springtime weather as it finally starts to hit New York. Speaking of flowers. Speaking of flowers, enjoy the spring as it finally starts to hit New York and the East Coast. Stay safe, have fun, be safe, make good choices. Five on Three is a production of WFUV Sports.